0: We're back with City Councilman Jason Dozier. This is the Ron Show on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. So, Councilman Dozier, I've got about five more minutes. Let's talk a little bit more about, we're talking about mass transit and new parking regulations in downtown Atlanta. And this stark realization that we are becoming a more people-friendly, less car-friendly city in some aspects. The Beltline has been a fantastic revelation in development, and you brought up the subject of having like more walkable streets. Can you expand on that a little bit? I live near Edgewood, uh, for example, and I know Sweet Auburn is a you know fantastic Edgewood district. It's one of those that has been ripe for consideration for closing off to traffic. Is there more discussion about that, and are other areas being looked at?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I know that has been an active conversation. Unfortunately, I don't represent that community, even though my family and I are active users of those amenities over there. Uh, so I don't know where things stand from like a specific kind of date timeframe standpoint. Mm -hmm. But I do think that vision is something that uh, there's a large appetite for across the city. I would love to see that concept be brought into our downtown community. We just talked about parking, Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll love to see Broad Street. We'll love to see uh, areas close to Peachtree Street included in kind of that vision of walkable pedestrian oasis, if you will, places where people don't have to look over their left or right shoulder every 30 seconds because the car might be barreling on them. But that means making sure that we can slow down cars. That means that uh, we can make sure that, we have wider sidewalks and things like that. So there's some things that the city can do from like a basic infrastructure standpoint to right. ensure that we get to that point. But I do think that broader vision of pedestrian only or pedestrian bicycle only accessible corridors are something that uh, people have an appetite for. I mentioned in an early discussion that Bourbon Street is so popular and is, and a big part of that popularity is that. People, you can walk everywhere and and you don't have to think twice about, you know, is there a car coming up behind me? And I think people, there's an appetite for that. And I want to make sure we can bring that something like that. Maybe not necessarily the the lax liquor laws. I know that's a separate conversation, (laughs) but, but at the very least, the experience of being able to walk from restaurant to restaurant, bar to bar. See live music, have your kids come out and play with the skateboards and just have an experience, a family experience that you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else in the metro area. I think that's something we can easily bring to Atlanta. And I look forward to uh, working with my colleagues to make that vision a reality.
0: And with a uh, streetcar expansion uh, and other, you know, rapid bus lane transportation showing itself in, uh, you know, south of downtown, that, that's that's more of a reality than I think a lot of people realize and coming a lot sooner.
1: I think too, you know, we if you remember voters in twenty fifteen voted to expand Marta with the more MARTA referendum. And yes, it's taken a lot of time to see dirt broken and uh shovels in the in the ground and everything like that. But now we're at the point to where the, the money we voted to authorize is now leading to projects being delivered and mm-hmm. so you're gonna start seeing uh Atlanta look and feel a lot different in the next few years. And I think with the World Cup coming there's this kind of uh, unofficial deadline, if you will, right. and, and that's driving a lot of projects to try to be done as quickly as possible because people want to make sure we have a we roll out the red carpet for the world. And I'm excited to see what 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 comes in the next couple of years to, to ahead of that.
0: So we've got about three more minutes. I want to talk to you about the issue of crime in Atlanta. We just had this uh, Atlantic Station shooting. Atlantic Station just by looking at it, looks like a very safe area for folks to go and shop and check out the Cirque show, to live, to go to nearby parks. And yet we have a shooting that involves young teenage boys with guns. Uh, We talked with Keisha Waits uh, a week or so ago, and she, of course, is proposing a curfew. And I know you guys are jostling back and forth about the hours and the dates and all that. But talk to us about the sort of things that city council is kicking around to help combat Crime in the city, and to change the perception that Atlanta is just one of those large cities that is crime riddled.
1: That's a great question. It's a big question, and it's a question that, to be honest, well, you know, we're local here in Atlanta, and we're focused here uh, because it's Atlanta. This is a national issue. Yeah. Violent crime has gotten higher everywhere in the country. The pandemic has exacerbated. It. A lot of that crime, you know, is up in Atlanta, but it's also up in Alpharetta. It's also mm. up in rural Georgia. And so it's something that uh, we're all having to contend together. Uh, the biggest challenge is one of the easiest ways we can better manage and mitigate uh, the incidence of violent crime and uh, people's ability to to you know, take another person's life is to better manage, uh, the, uh, you know, the proliferation of guns in our community, but we don't have support from the Georgia assembly on that front. So Mm -hmm. we're now having to think outside the box in terms of what else can we do? Because you just have, you're almost at a point where you assume that people have a gun on them at any given time, because we've done such a terrible job as a state of reducing access to guns. And so uh, one of the things that uh, we are doing and investing in, as a city, is conflict resolution, uh, getting young people to think differently about how they resolve conflicts that they're in or have. Uh, uh we've we have an office of violence reduction that we just set up as a city uh we have organizations like cure violence and chris 180 who have been doing that work in our communities uh kind of on a pilot basis on a limited basis we're looking to expand that work and sc- expand the scope of their work uh so that they can touch more kids and reach more kids and and uh make sure that young people know that they have a different way of of dealing with things and they have people who care about them and, and want to see them succeed. Um you see um a, a lot of investment in youth programs in our recreation centers, in our in our parks, uh and I think you'll start seeing a lot more of that reflected in our city budget next year. But Atlanta can't do it alone.
0: You're right and
1: what uh, we're hopeful that uh and you have to be hopeful, right? You know, the state capitals across the street, we're gonna lobby like hell but wanting to make sure that other municipalities are joining alongside us to ask for more resources from the state. I mean, we're sitting on a multi billion dollar budget surplus, and I know the governor's going to want to give back to taxpayers and, and do things that it will help further his uh, status in the state. That part.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: but there's some things that we could do with that money to help ensure that. We can keep our streets safe and our communities safe and keep our families
0: safe. And Listen, I wish I had more time with you. I'll have to get you back on the show. And uh, we can just get together and talk bulldogs and real estate maybe off the record from uh, time to time. <laughs> You've got my cell now, and uh, feel free to reach out. Thanks for having the time to talk with us. Jason Dozier, city councilman from the city of Atlanta, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having me.